0: Hey everybody, welcome in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. Well, we step into today on Monday with the Orioles in first place in the AL East, taking two of three from the Boston Red Sox up at Fenway Park this weekend to open the 2020 season. And they are tied atop with the Rays and the Yankees at 2-1 and one in the AL East. There were no sweeps in baseball this weekend, so everybody got at least one win this weekend, and of course, that is going to be somewhat important as we go on here and uh, talk about this season. Because after the events of Sunday and Monday, as we record here at about 1.45 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday afternoon, uh, things are rapidly changing in Major League Baseball with the news surrounding the Miami Marlins, and of course, this news made even more at the forefront here because the Orioles scheduled to play the Marlins for the next four games on the schedule Monday through Thursday. Now, of course, the news, it started on Sunday when really it started on Friday, back when Jorge Alfaro, one of the Marlins catchers, tested positive for COVID-19. He was, of course, put on the COVID IL. But then on Sunday morning, before the Marlins were scheduled to play the final game of their series in Philadelphia – Against the Phillies, uh, it was announced that four more players, including Jose Urania, the scheduled starter who was of course scratched, uh, had all tested positive for COVID nineteen. And with that information early on Sunday morning, the Marlins and Major League Baseball still decided to play that game at Citizens Bank Park, with the Marlins winning it eleven to six over the Phillies. But the fact that they played that game with the four positive cases was astounding. So they play the game yesterday. It comes out today, seven more players, totaling 11 players of the Marlins team. That's one-third of the traveling team, with the 30 active players and the three on the taxi squad, 11 of 33, plus two more staffers, is 13 people traveling with the Marlins have tested positive for COVID-19. So because of that, the Marlins have not flown back home to Miami, where they were scheduled to to have their home opener against the Orioles tonight at 7:10. Instead, they stayed in Philadelphia on Sunday night, and they are still in Philadelphia on Monday, awaiting more tests. Now, with this news coming out, Major League Baseball has postponed tonight's game between the Marlins and the Orioles, and the O's, who flew to Miami on Sunday after their win up at Boston against the Red Sox, They are now scheduled to fly back to Baltimore at around 6 p.m. Eastern time Monday night, which basically shows you that although that news is not out yet as we're recording, it doesn't look like Tuesday night's game will be played. At the very least, it won't be played at Marlins Park, the scheduled game between the Orioles and the Marlins. Now, on the schedule, it was supposed to be two games at Marlins Park between the O's and the Fish, and then two games at Camden Yards Wednesday and Thursday between the two teams and of course it's always possible that if things get a little better they could play all four games over three days all at camden yards with the marlins being the home team for the first two of them but that gets us to our next point here i don't think that should happen and i don't think that will happen frankly at this point major league baseball Decided to play this season without a bubble. And we've heard about how difficult it would be to play this season in a bubble because you need a facility that has enough fields to have all these games happen, even if they're staggered throughout the day. And those places are either Florida or Arizona, basically, where the spring training facilities are. However, those two places are A, giant outbreaks and really some of the hot spots in the country for COVID 19, especially Florida. And B, the weather gets ridiculous, and if you're trying to play a 1 p.m. game, right now in Phoenix, Arizona, it's about 116 degrees, it feels like, on the field if you're trying to play a game right now as we speak, which is a whole nother safety issue for the players and coaches. So those were the big things that kept them from a bubble, but Major League Baseball decided anyway, you know what? It looks like things are, are fairly safe in a bubble. Uh, the MLS has done a great job in its bubble. They're into the quarterfinals of its MLS's back tournament for the last few weeks. They haven't had any positive cases. Uh, the NWSL was the first league to start and finish its NWSL Challenge Cup. They all went into a bubble in Utah. They had no positive cases. And yesterday the season ended and... Um, and or at least the challenge cup ended and they went through it all at least for now without any positive cases but major league baseball decided against the bubble so they go with of course the shortened travel plans with the east playing the east west and west and central and central Uh, but they said the teams could play at their home ballparks and there was a lot of questioning about whether or not that was safe and of course it's coming up now with the 11 marlins players testing positive that clearly That was not the safe option. And then the other news that comes out is that, obviously, the Marlins knew about this and Major League Baseball knew about this. There are four positive tests on Sunday morning. Rob Manfred in the league could have easily just said, you know what, let's play this safe. Let's postpone today's Marlins-Phillies game. Let's continue to test these players, see if we can get this under control, and then go from there. Instead, the coward that Rob Manfred is, he just left it up to the Marlins and to the teams that are there uh, at Citizens Bank Park. And he basically said, look, you guys make the decision. The Marlins came together, Don Mattingly, their manager, and all their players in a group chat came together and basically said that, you know what? There was never a question of us not playing. We came together and said, we're going to play. Of course, the four players who had tested positive were not on the field, or in the dugout with the Marlins yesterday, but all the people they've been coming into contact with for the last month were still there. They played that full game against the Phillies, and then they've been in Philadelphia ever since. And now, of course, seven more players, and the 11 players on the Marlins, have now tested positive for coronavirus. So the Marlins are now sitting in Philly, getting more tests on Monday morning. They've tested everyone on the Marlins and Uh, They've tested all of the Phillies and all of the clubhouse staff as well to see if they may have the coronavirus and are hoping for those test results by Monday night. But this just shows you how quickly this thing can break out. So you have the Marlins playing the Phillies, which obviously there's your two hotspot teams so far. So you have the Marlins, that's where the outbreak is. Then you have Citizens Bank Park where the Phillies play and they're at risk as well. So Major League Baseball has also postponed tonight's game, which was scheduled to be played at Citizens Bank Park between the Yankees and the Phillies, and it has reportedly already also postponed Tuesday night's game at Citizens Bank Park between the Yanks and the Phillies. Of course, the Yankees were very worried about entering that visiting clubhouse. So those games are postponed, and just reported as I'm recording, Jeff Passan of ESPN reporting that they have, in fact, also postponed Tuesday night's game between the Orioles and the Marlins that was scheduled to be played at Marlins Park. Of course, the Orioles were already set to come back to Baltimore, and the Marlins were still in Philly, so there was really no chance that was happening, but now that is official, again reported by ESPN's Jeff Passan. So those games won't happen, and now you think about the extension of this. So you think about the Marlins, they're going to play the Orioles, that puts the Orioles in danger as well. They just played the Phillies, that puts the Phillies in danger. Phillies are about to play the Yankees, that could potentially put the Yankees in danger. If you look back to when this whole thing started for the Marlins, they had their first positive case earlier in the week, they had played a couple of their exhibition games in Atlanta against the Braves, and that's where it's believed that the players first Tested positive or first, excuse me, got the virus and then later in the week tested positive. So you think about that. They played those games against the Braves. The Braves are then potentially in danger. The Braves played three games at City Field against the Mets this weekend. They came into contact with the New York Mets. That potentially puts the Mets in danger. The Mets are scheduled to go to Fenway Park, start a series with the Red Sox tonight. Now you rope the Red Sox into that conversation as well you continue and continue to add these teams in and that is even without considering the fact that the hot spot that florida is you have the rays down there and they're probably at a little higher risk you just sent the blue jays down there to play putting them at higher risk and then the blue jays they are scheduled to come up and play the nationals starting tonight in dc are the Nats at risk? The Nats already have had a positive case in Juan Soto, who still has not played in a game after testing positive back on Thursday morning. So are the Nats at risk? And they also played the Yankees. We've already mentioned them. Are they at even more risk? You continue to look through that. That's, you're about at the third of the league right now and counting. They may be at risk of the coronavirus. It's been three games one weekend, and they're trying to get a full 60 games into this season. At this point, you look at all this information, and we're going to get more information today. We're going to get more information after I'm done recording this podcast. We still have yet to hear from baseball's commissioner, Rob Manfred. He is meeting with the owners for his scheduled Monday meeting around 1230 Eastern time. We're waiting to hear what comes out of that. But at this point, what I say about this season is it's time to call. It, it was obviously the right thing to do to postpone those Yankees Phillies games and of course the Orioles-Marlins games, but it's time to call it because how much are you going to let this potentially spread? Once you do that, then you look at the culprits here. First of all, Major League Baseball. You get four positive tests on Sunday morning. Why in the world are you letting that game happen between the Marlins and Phillies and potentially risking all those other people that are at that ballpark and playing in that game? Number two, okay, fine, you're going to be a coward and put it on the Marlins. If you're the Marlins and you're Don Mattingly and you're Derek Jeter and you're anyone in that Marlins front office, you have to make that decision to cancel that game and not put just the rest of your team but also the Phillies and everyone working there at Citizens Bank Park at risk. If you're the Marlins players who were in that group chat that all decided they would play, you have to have a little more feel for this coronavirus situation and realize that, hey, we need to not play this game, settle down, postpone this one, test everyone, and try and get this under control. Just take a break. Now, I would be fine at this point with Major League Baseball saying, you know what? Let's postpone all of our games for this week. Monday through Sunday, no games. Let's put a goal at restarting the season next Monday and try and get this under control for a week. I don't think they're going to flat out cancel the season today, but I could see them putting on some sort of week-long hiatus, and that's at least what baseball needs to do. But in reality, this is probably going to happen again because of all the things they put in on the field, the no spitting, Don't high-five, the lack of celebration, social distancing, wearing masks in the dugout, trying to get them to wear masks on the field. It just wasn't happening in that first weekend. Most games you would watch, you would see at least one infraction to those social distancing and health and safety rules as they try and fight the battle that is COVID-19. Sean Doolittle told us best, you know, sports are essentially a reward, paraphrasing his quote here. They're a reward for a functioning society. The U.S. does not have that right now, and we don't deserve the sports that are putting even more people in danger. So for now, it's time to call this Major League Baseball season. At the very least, put it on hold for a while and try and figure out this issue with the Marlins and potentially beyond. But it seems like it's inevitable that this season will not last We don't deserve sports in 2020, and you can go above baseball. It goes all the way up to the top in this country for the complete failure and lack of leadership in trying to get a hold of the coronavirus in the U.S. Other countries are getting sports because they handled it well, and they deserve sports. We don't in the U.S., and you're putting more lives at risk when you do hold these games. It was fantastic to watch baseball this weekend. I loved every second of it. Don't get me wrong. Not only did I watch every pitch of all three Orioles games, but I watched plenty of other games this weekend. And I loved it. And I would love to have a full season. It's not the safest, not the smartest, not the right thing to do. But next up, we will talk a little bit about the baseball that did happen this weekend with the Orioles looking pretty good in what could be They're only games in 2020. we got to talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes, models, it's now impossible to to find that right part for your car. It feels like you just go through pointless and intimidating questioning when you head to a chain storefront asking about what your car needs and and maybe you don't exactly know, and and that can make things even tougher. Well, you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. It saves you money and it's easy to use. RockAuto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. I'm not the biggest car guy in the world, but at least when looking for something like windshield wipers. They're a little easier to, to know when you might need new ones. Just put them in for, for your car, Honda CRV, and boom, there you go. You can find all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica, and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else, CBDMD has to offer. They're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBD MD. Well, baseball, it, it did happen over the weekend. We we got three Orioles games. And, and again, as I talked before, it doesn't look like we maybe will or should have more games than that, at least for a while and maybe not for the rest of 2020. But the Orioles did play three games. And... uh we wanted to break them down, but uh, you know what, if you look back on Friday's game, they opened the season with a 13-2 loss to the Boston Red Sox. We didn't want to talk about that at first, but because it might be the only baseball, three takeaways from each game this weekend, starting with game one on Friday. First takeaway, Tommy Malone can be okay if he stays out of the middle of the plate. He came out there as the uh, fill-in opening day starter. And, hey, he pitched two scoreless innings in the first and the second, had a few strikeouts of the Red Sox, was setting down the lefties and the righties and looking pretty good. Um, but in that third inning, things kind of fell apart against Malone. He gave up four runs in that third inning against Boston. There were three doubles that got him. Peraza, Martinez, and Pilar. each had RBI doubles. The Pilar one, the final one, brought in two runs and made it 4 nothing. Uh, he just left a lot of off-speed pitches in the middle of the plate. If you're Tommy Malone, you can't pitch in the middle of the plate. Uh, his fastball rides up there at about 86, um, and that is about it. Second takeaway from Friday's loss, the, well, I'll say the, I wouldn't say the back end of the bullpen, that, that's your, your closer and your setup guy. Uh, the last few pitchers on the roster, I'll say, um, are not Major League pitchers at this point for the Orioles. They went to the bullpen in the fourth down 4-0, brought in Cody Carroll, um, and things did not go well for Carroll at all. It was not the way he envisioned envisioned starting his 2020. It went walk, walk, single, RBI walk, and he was out of there. Travis Lakens came in, gave up a two-run double, gave up a bunch of RBI singles. All of a sudden, it was a six-run fourth for the Red Sox, and it was 10-0 Boston after four innings. Uh, Cody Carroll's final line getting no outs and allowing four earned runs on one hit three walks then there was Travis Lakens two innings two runs five hits three Ks and no walks and then David has three innings seven hits three runs one K and one walk for him that part of the bullpen just did not do well whatsoever for the Orioles and the third takeaway from game one of the season is that, frankly, the Orioles are going to lose games like this if we get continued baseball. There's going to be plenty of 13 to 2 games. There's going to be games where these starters start to get hit around and, and it starts to snowball a bit on them. And you know what? The 13 to 2 score lines might happen. Uh, If we get continued baseball and even look forward, you know, next year it's going to happen as well with with pitchers like this in the Orioles rotation where these score lines are just going to happen. But that's how game one went 13 to 2. The Red Sox took it to open the season. Now, game one was a disaster, but game two, much, much better for the Orioles as they got on the board with their first win of the season on Saturday with a 7 to 2 victory up at Fenway Park. Your three takeaways from that game. Your first takeaway, of course, Alex Cobb looks like the Alex Cobb of old, and that goes for his start against the Nats in the exhibition game and the start against Boston. He went five and a third against the Red Sox, allowing one run on four hits, six strikeouts, and no walks. That only run that he allowed was a solo homer that Mitch Moreland hit off of him in the sixth inning. It's actually the last batter that Cobb faced with nobody on and one out in the sixth, Moreland uh, hit one over the short wall down the right field line, and that was it for Alex Cobb. But he looked really good. The six Ks, the no walks, uh, was fantastic. That splitter looked really good. He had the best fastball command I've seen from Alex Cobb, really in his time as an Oriole. That was what was what was most impressive, uh, definitely from Cobb. Number two takeaway uh, from the seven to two win. Back on Saturday, Hanser Alberto can still mash lefties. You should not have lefties hit against Alberto. The Orioles were facing Martin Perez, the left-handed starter for the Red Sox. And, of course, Alberto, first time up against him. Uh, He comes up with a double after an Austin Hayes single. And then he was doubled home uh, for a two-run double from Renato Nunez. That was big for the Orioles. They got three runs in the top of the first in that game and really set the tone. And then Alberto, he, he just continued against Martin Perez, an RBI single in the second inning, scoring Pat Vileka, made it 4 nothing Orioles um, at that time for Alberto, who continued to hit the lefty Perez. And then he was robbed of a third hit against Perez to end the fourth. Jackie Bradley made an outstanding diving play in center, take away what would have been another single for Alberto. Then he continued to... Uh, to hit throughout the game. I mean, he had a three-hit day uh, for Hanser Alberto in the win um, as he got his final hit in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, He ended up with a single off of Joss Oshich. Yeah, you guessed it, uh, another lefty who came out of the Red Sox bullpen. So Hanser, uh, three out of four on the day against lefties, three for five on the day overall. Remember, he hit almost 400 against lefties last year. He starts this year hitting 600. Uh, The final takeaway from Saturday's win is that, uh, you know, Richard Blyer might be back. Uh, He might be back to his form that the Orioles had in 2017 and early 2018 with him. He pitches an inning and two thirds out of the bullpen on Saturday, no runs on one hit, two strikeouts and no walks for Blyer. He was big kind of bridging the gap to Michael Givens who got the final four outs in that game. After Cobb came out, Paul Fry got an out, Miguel Castro got an out, and then Blyer got five outs, and then Givens got the final four. Uh, It was big for Blyer. The two strikeouts was huge. The, The sinker was looking good. That slider looked really good. He fooled Jackie Bradley and Rafael Devers. That was his two strikeouts with that breaking ball which he barely used the last couple of years. He used it at a much higher clip in this appearance. Look for that if we continue to get baseball this year and beyond, that he goes more to that slider. It looked really, really good for Richard Blyer. So those are your three takeaways. Orioles win it 7-2 to two in Game 2 of the series, and they got 2-1 one, and 1 on the year. So that set up the rubber match on Sunday. Wade LeBlanc against Ryan Weber, um, and the Orioles won it 7-4 to four to take the series against the Red Sox. First takeaway uh, from Game 3 of this series, the Orioles starting hot is going to be huge this year. They got three runs in the first and two in the second on Saturday to go up 5-0. They got two runs in the first on Sunday as well to just immediately set the tone in this game. and That's going to be big for these unheralded pitchers as Rio Ruiz hit a two-run shot in that first inning uh, to put the Orioles on top. It was big to jump out. And then they, they scored early after that as well. They got a run in the third to go up 3-1 to one in the game on a Jose Iglesias RBI double. And then they got a couple more. They got three more in the fourth. Austin Hayes with a sack fly and Santander with a two-run shot. That brings us to our second takeaway from Sunday's win. Anthony Santander... Uh, I don't think it's a fluke from last year. I think he's going to be a solid player. Uh, He had a great game on Sunday, Santander. uh, A one for four with a couple RBIs. He had the two-run homer. Also drew a walk and scored a couple of runs. In the field defensively, he robbed a home run uh, on a fantastic play to end the fourth inning. Also made a great diving catch in the sixth inning to take away extra bases. Played a great game in right field. Great game at the dish. um, And it was a really good day for Santander. Number three takeaway um, from the Orioles on Sunday is the bullpen was was great overall. And it was great that the Orioles, what I haven't even mentioned yet, they did not walk anyone in the final two games of the series. 18 innings through Saturday and Sunday, no walks from any of their pitchers. But I especially want to say the Orioles may have found another relief gem in Cole Salser. The Orioles have a track record of kind of bringing guys in you know, from other teams, Darren O'Days, the Brad Brocks of the world, even the the Richard Blyers um, of the world, and bringing them in and turning them into better relievers. I think Cole Sulser can maybe be added to that list. Two scoreless innings to finish the ball game Sunday. He picks up his first career save. Uh, he allowed just one hit. He struck out two, and of course, did not walk anyone. Sulser ended the game with a three-pitch strikeout of Alex Verdugo, which was just three perfectly located fastballs, and he finished it with the high cheese to strike out a pretty good young hitter in Verdugo, who was the key piece who came back to Boston in the Mookie Betts trade this offseason. But uh, Sulser looked good, and I don't know if the Orioles will have a straight-up closer. If there's anything close to it, it'll be Michael Givens. But Sulser, he looks like he's going to be that high-leverage guy for the Orioles and hopefully Hunter Harvey when he gets back from the I.L., can join him in that role as well. So, there are your takeaways for the Orioles. Two wins. They win it Saturday and Sunday. They take two of three in the series from Boston, and they are two and one after one series of the season. Now, the O's, of course, postponed tonight. No game in Miami. They're flying back home. Uh, but there has been talk. Reports coming out as I'm recording. So, getting you kind of a live update here. Uh, there are talks for potentially the Marlins, who are right now in Philadelphia awaiting their new batch of tests that they took Monday morning. If all goes well enough, and they get the results back Monday night or Tuesday morning, and there are no more positive cases, there is a potential that although the game will not be played in Miami Tuesday night, there's still a chance that the Marlins could try and get some of their players from the 60-man pool in the secondary site up to Baltimore and still play the game Tuesday in Baltimore, most likely the Marlins would be the home team in that game. We'll see if they would potentially even try to play a double header uh, to get Monday's game in as well. But that is on the table. But of course, as we talked about at the top, the best scenario at the very least would be shutting it down for about a week. And you have to think the Major League Baseball season is in real jeopardy. But even if that is the case, we're still going to have content here on Locked on Orioles. We're still going to keep you updated here on the pod. If you're liking what you're hearing, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening right now. Give us a rating and a review if you can. It really helps out the pod. But until then, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, And right around this time, probably to give you another update on this entire Marlins and Orioles and Major League Baseball situation as a whole. A lot of things could change. Between now and tomorrow's episode, a lot of things could have changed by the time you listened to this. Uh, but check out our Twitter feed at Locked On Orioles. We'll keep you updated to the minute over there with what's happening with the team and with the league as a whole. But until then, this has been the Lockdown Orioles Podcast. Put a Lockdown Podcast now.